All right, welcome back to the MLB Marathon Podcast. I'm Noah, and I'm joined alongside my host, my co-host, Matthew Fry. Matt, it's the first time you've been back with us in a long time. I know you just had a baby. You know, life came at you pretty quick. But uh, we're, uh, we're ready to get this uh, get this thing back in gear and preview the winter meetings. I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. And, yeah, I'm joining at a perfect time. We're, we're hot in the hot stove. The MLB winter meetings are here. Things are flying. The ground is not a Met. Judge may not be a Yankee. My dog is barking, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, you might want to shut that thing up. But uh, all, all seriousness, um, you know, we have a lot to dive into tonight, a lot to preview. I mean, the uh, the winter meetings are are probably set to be the one, one of the craziest ones we've seen in a long time. Um, Matt and myself were actually at the last ones in San Diego in 2019, so we got to uh, got to experience that. So, and obviously, then there was Garrett Cole, Anthony Rendon, Steven Strasburg. I mean, there was a lot of big deals there. So, um, I expect it to be even bigger than then. But uh, we'll jump right into it. And uh, obviously, we have some some news to go over. But first and foremost, I want to congratulate Fred McGriff. Um, you know, he he made the Contemporary Hall of Fame ballot. He he is in Cooperstown now, and much deserved. I mean, great career. Uh, was barely ever injured. I mean, had one little IL stint with the uh, with the Dodgers toward the end of his career. So um, much deserved there. I honestly, I think he probably could have been a first ballot guy. But you know, the writers don't always get it right. But uh, the contemporary ballot definitely got it right. So he's in. Um, any thoughts? Yeah, like you said, I think it was long overdue. And um, you know, the best ability is availability. You mentioned there. He, he was on the field for 18 seasons straight. We'll never see something like that happen again. And, you know, he was only on the IL once towards the end of his career. He was always on the field, always just, you know, a, an all-around baseball player. And I think he should have got on and beat, you know, the writer's ballot, but he finally gets in here. So congratulations to him and to his family. And, um, you know, it's been long overdue. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Better late than never. But uh, let's let's dive into the the more juicy stuff here um so obviously jacob de um that was kind of a, a moonshot that came out of nowhere the other night and uh you know obviously a, a lot of people had him going back to the mets us included we had heard from our sources that that's that's where he was going it was pretty much a lock but obviously you know that didn't pan out texas rangers gave him a lot of years um a lot more years than i personally would have given him if, if i was a gm um, rather affordable AAV as far as DeGrom. I mean, I, I think it came out to be like $37 million a year, which um, I figured him to be over 40 and on a short-term deal. So obviously he was looking for more of a guarantee there and uh, more stability, more security. So he definitely got that in Texas. Now, his health history is obviously of concern. Um, it would have been of concern to me you know, if, if I was any other team but the Rangers. But obviously, the Rangers see DeGrom for who he is when he's healthy. He's the best pitcher in baseball and, and among one of the best players in baseball in general. So uh, good for them. I mean, they're going for it. They sh- they're they showing, you know, two off seasons in a row now that they're not afraid to spend money. They're not afraid to, uh, you know, jump out ahead and, and try and get ahead of who's in that division. But obviously, the Astros aren't going anywhere, and Seattle's getting better. And even the Angels have done a good bit so far this offseason to kind of get themselves back on track. So what do you make of this signing, Matt? And and do you think the Rangers are done by any means? Or, or what what do you think is in store? For- oh, no. Listen, I think it's great for DeGrom. You know, I think a lot of things went into his decision there. Uh, a lot of people may not have realized it, you know, watching the game or, you know, if you're in that clubhouse, you probably got a better feel. But I think his relationship with the Mets and maybe even with the clubhouse started to diminish uh, towards the end of his stature there. And you know what? They gave a solid offer to him. You can't you can't doubt them, you know, what they're doing and, and Cohen not being, you know, able to spend. He showed, uh, you know, a prominent offer at three years, 40 million per for someone that's been very injury prone. I mean, 36 games in the last few seasons is, is not going to cut it. You know, so we've just talked about availability. He's he's rarely been available lately. And the Mets were a great team without him, you know, and they, they have so much money off the books now to pivot in a different direction. We know that they're very, very heavily interested in Justin Verlander and possibly another starter at that tier, along with some other guys as well. But um, for DeGrom and the Rangers, I mean, you said that the Rangers have been adding and adding and adding. I don't think they're done at DeGrom either. Um, and they're they're slowly getting better in that division as far as they go in the AL West. I think they're still a third-place team. 
Um, you know, the Astros are going to own that division for years to come, and the Mariners are right there, just a tad bit above them. But uh, I like what they're doing. Yeah, man, I totally agree. But uh, let me just put this out there, guys. We're going to have a question segment here pretty soon. So if, if you want to get your questions in now and if, if you want to actually come on the show and speak, uh, put in your request to speak now and, and we'll get to you accordingly. If we can't get to all of you, I do apologize. Uh, you know, we, we only have so much time. But, uh, but yeah, you know, kind of going off what you said there, Matt, I, I mean, I really do like it for DeGrom. Um, I think DeGrom is, like I said, a fantastic player. Um, now, in my opinion... Yes, this does make the Rangers better. However, they need a lot more than just DeGrom. I mean, we saw it last year. They only won, I think it was 67 games, even after getting Seager and Semyon. So, um, granted, they had no starting pitching, but they're, except for Martin Perez and, you know, John Gray when he was healthy. But when we, when we look at their rotation now, you know, you have DeGrom, yes, at the top of your forefront, but, you know, you have Martin Perez and then you get some question marks there. You got John Gray, Jake Odorizzi just came over in a trade from the Braves. I can't really put too much stock in him. Um, so they have a lot of work to do. They're, they're going to need to get somebody like a Jamison Tyon, in my opinion. And I know they have been linked before, so that's a possibility. But I also think they need more offense. And, you know, Mitch Haniger, who we have talked about being a, a very good link there and, and potentially getting done there. So, you know, they need to do some stuff, and I think they will. But... Moving forward onto our next topic, this is a, a little bit of an interesting one and uh, I, kind of bad PR, in my opinion. So obviously we know that if a player is unhel- or unhappy in a situation, they will request a trade. But very rarely does that actually get out into the public eye. Well, the Pittsburgh Pirates have, have a mess that they need to clean up here, and that's with Brian Reynolds. Um, Reynolds, their center fielder. Very good player. Um, you know, he's been with them for a couple of years now, and he's arguably the best player on that whole roster, which obviously is not very hard to do. But uh, they, in my opinion, they should have traded him a long time ago. And there's a lot of reluctancy there. I, I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know if they actually think in their heads that they can compete. But fact of the matter is Brian Reynolds wants out of there, and, and I really don't blame him. So... What do the Pirates need to do to fix this situation? Because obviously the contract extension talks aren't going anywhere. And Reynolds still has three years of control there. So a lot of value there. Guy who's just coming into his prime, um, you know, very rarely injured. You know, he, you can slot him into your leadoff spot, your number two hole, or even three, four, five. So he, he's very valuable in, in that regard. So, Matt, what do you think that the Pirates need to do going forward with Reynolds, whether it's trade him, keep him, do some damage control, whatever. Listen, so with Brian Reynolds, uh, what I think they should do is different from what they're going to do or what I think they're going to do. Uh, what I think they should do is trade him now. You know, with this current free agent market, there's one other center fielder on the market, and it's Brandon Nimmo. Whoever misses out on him is going to be searching for a center fielder this year, and there's no one better available than Brian Reynolds. I think if the Pirates want to capitalize, they trade him now, and, you know, they know they're not going to – give him the money he's looking for in an extension. He's not even interested in that t- in that conversation anymore. For the Pirates as an organization, once they're ready, they're looking at around 2025. 20, their best value for a guy like this is to, is to move him now and, and to get a haul for him. I think teams are coming with offers and significant offers, you know, respectable offers, because this is going to take a haul. I just don't think the Pirates are willing to move the needle. And I think that's where they're going to miss out, you know, because – um, what I think they should do is trade him. What I think they will do is let him suffer and, um, you know, keep him under team control until his age, I think it's 2026 is when he becomes a free agent. So um, I, I think they could get an arm and a leg for him right now with the market, with the availability for center fielders, just not there. And I think, you know, if someone wants out, that talks about the clubhouse and it's just going to be an awkward conversation all year long if he, if he does. Yeah, I totally agree. But I, I do want to touch on a point that uh, our very own Jake Slobodnik texted me. Uh, he can't join us tonight. So um, his point is he's got so much control for the next couple seasons. He's in his prime. He's already frustrated with Pittsburgh. So he has no motivation to want to play here anymore. Sure, the fans love him, but you only get so much time in this world and in, in this league. Why waste it on the Pirates when they aren't winning? Go be on a contender. And and he hit the nail right on the head there. Uh, and obviously the Pirates front office doesn't see it that way. 
Um, they're going to want a massive haul that I don't think any team is going to be willing to pay. And and like you said, they're just going to make him sit there and suffer. And that's going to be bad for the clubhouse in the long term. Um, I, I think you might even see some uh, some decline from Reynolds, maybe not playing to his full potential because he doesn't want to be there. So obviously they need to come up with some kind of a solution here that works for both parties. And when a player requests a trade, you can't take that lightly because that's that's a direct reflection on your organization. And and like I said before, Reynolds is probably your most valuable asset on the team. So when your most valuable asset wants out, that's when you really got to look in the mirror and be like, hey, wow, we need to do something different. We need to steer the ship in the right direction because clearly we're not in the right direction right now. So um, obviously, you know, Jim Bowden came out with that long list of teams that that could be in on Brian Reynolds, and it was 10 teams. And you might as well add another, you know, 19 teams to that. I think all other 29 teams could really use this guy and and, and cherish having him on their roster. So um, I, it would be really hard for me to predict where he's going to go or if he's even going to go anywhere. But like Matt said, I'm kind of going to bet on the same thing that the Pirates aren't going to move him and they're going to come up with a long term problem here. Yeah, listen. You know, I think that the the slim chance he does get moved is if a team, you know, overpays for him. And I think that's a possibility too. You know, it's it's a slim chance, but with the current market and and teams willing to go the extra year, the extra two three years, and maybe the extra thirty five million per for some of these free agents, teams may be able to just say, hey, listen, we have a prospect capital we're willing to move. We're overpay now. A guy like Brian Reynolds to the Yankees, to the Dodgers, to the Red Sox, um, to put them over the edge, they're willing to do it if they can't find that on the market. I still don't think it happens, but, you know, I would like it for it to happen. I think it's good for baseball for a guy like Brian Reynolds and, and his, you know, talent to be on a winner so that we could see him through October. But we're not going to find that in Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but let's let's kind of use that as a gateway to our next topic. So obviously, you know, we're in one of the most exciting times of, of the year for a baseball fan, and, and that's the winter meetings. And, you know, obviously you have the entire regular season, you have the postseason, you have the trade deadline mixed in there. But this is kind of like the offseason trade deadline. I mean, obviously it's not the deadline, but as far as action goes, I mean, this is cream of the crop. I mean, you basically all year from a transactional standpoint, you're not going to get anything even close to the winter meeting. So a lot of names are still out there, as we know. I mean, really, none of the big dominoes besides DeGrom have fallen yet. So I think that this is going to be a complete whirlwind. Um, I think 2019 San Diego says, hold my beer or uh, 2022 San Diego says, hold my beer to 2019 San Diego. And I think we may see, you know, at least half of the top 10 free agents come off the board here. Um, and I think it's all going to start with Aaron Judge. And I I have an inkling of a feeling that we're going to hear a decision on Judge as early as tomorrow. And I, I don't know if you're hearing the same thing, Matt. What are your th- Yeah, so listen, it's, it's a domino effect. You know, just reflecting back on the 2019 meetings, I remember – um, actually running into Brian Cashman in the convenience store while he was grabbing a quick sandwich. And then 30 minutes later, he went and signed Garrett Cole to a nine-year, $300-plus million deal. So those are just kind of the exciting things that could take place in the blink of an eye. Um, but as far as Aaron Judge, I think I think he does fall at the meetings. You know, the Yankees were rumored to have an eight-year, $300-or-so-million-dollar offer. The Giants are going to put their formal offer in. It's going to be more than the Yankees. Um, with Judge and, and what he said to the media and, and some of the things that Hal has said, they expect Aaron Judge to go back with a counter and allow the Yankees to counter. Um, and I think once that happens, teams are going to pivot quickly. Whether the Yankees land him or the Giants land him, um, teams are going to move quick. And a lot of those options that you're going to have to pivot to are those top 10 free agents you were mentioning. So I expect them to sign fast. Maybe not all of them. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm as a Yankee fan, I'm torn on Aaron Judge's decision uh, and what the team should do. But we can get to that conversation in a minute. I'm excited. I, I expect, like you said, at least half. Um, and I think Justin Verlander is the first to fall. Okay, so I have Judge. You have Verlander. I'm okay. So I have Judge. You have Verlander. You know, it's it's a. Uh... It pretty much goes hand in hand. It, it could be either one of them. So, and, and, you know, with DeGrom falling like he did, I guess that kind of gives Verlander an idea of where he should be and Carlos Rodon and, you know, so on and so forth. So it's, it's going to be wild. It's going to be absolutely wild. All right. So 
for for our next segment here, I, I want to kind of take some of the audience questions. So if if you have a question, you know, go ahead and put it in the chat queue. Or if you want to come on the show and actually speak to us directly, you know, request to speak and we'll get to you accordingly. So uh, Christian Casey, I believe he is the first one who actually requested to speak even before we started recording here. So uh, Christian, I'm going to get to you now. Welcome to the show. Hey, Christian. All righty. Well, uh, it doesn't sound like Christian is going to speak, so we're going to remove him there. Um, Christian, if you want to try and speak later, go ahead and request. Um, I don't know if you're paying attention or what it is. But uh, all right, we'll get to some of these uh, chat questions here. First one that we have is from Sports Update. Sports Update, we want to thank you. We see that you've been in pretty much all of our lives so far. So thank you for the support. But uh, it says, hey, guys, I've, I've seen a, from a couple different people, Bob Nightingale and Jim Bowden, that the Giants are preparing a very big offer for Judge. Do you, do you guys have any updates on the whole judge situation? Also seeing that Ken Rosenthal said that there are a few mystery teams as well. So um, obviously, you know, let's address the elephant in the room here. The Yankees are not the only team on judge. Um, and, and I really, so I think from a legacy standpoint, a lot of these players aren't really caring about their legacy from a team. I mean, we've seen it with Freddie Freeman last year where he just up and left. I mean, obviously it, it kind of seemed like he might've regretted it later, but besides the point he left. So um I was sold on Judge going back to the Yankees up until a couple days ago, and now I'm starting to see the tides turn, in my opinion. Um, and, and obviously, I think Matt probably disagrees with me on this. But uh, I think that, yes, the Giants are going to make a crazy offer, um, and I think it's going to be an offer that the Yankees are not going to top. And I also don't think that it would be a bad thing if the Yankees didn't top it, because for me, it seems like the Giants are going to kind of be reckless on trying to get a deal done for Judge. So in that case, yes, Judge is probably going to take the most money in the most years. Um, as far as mystery teams go, um, I can't really give you any off the top of my head. I mean, obviously the Dodgers are probably right there. Um, I'm sure the Padres have checked in. I'm sure a lot of teams have, have at least kicked the tires on him. But uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah, listen, as a Yankees fan, I'm torn on this one. I've texted you personally. I've texted our group chat. Uh, this is a this is one I'm I'm really passionate about for obvious reasons. You know, for God God's sake, I named my dog that was barking earlier, Judge. So that should tell you how I feel about him. But listen, you know, the Yankees they put their offer out there. That was a first offer. That was a feeler. I, and like I said, the Giants are going to come back and put their formal offer in. We know he had meetings with them. There are other other teams involved. The Dodgers, the Dodgers, I wouldn't say are going to be in this last leg of the of the conversation they're looking at more of a shorter term higher aav year obviously for judge he wants the guaranteed years but here's what it's going to be i think the yankees will go nine years 36 to 40 million per year but i think the giants are going to offer the 10th year so they'll come down to what judge really wants does he want to go with the legacy you know the captain being in the the yankee you know being a yankee icon and and being on the winning team, or does he want to go for that extra year and that extra guaranteed money to the Giants? Um, you know, obviously he's a native there. Um, but listen, I think the Yankees are going to give a very, very respectable offer to their franchise player, similar to the Mets did. I think they could get outbid. It it's going to come down to Judge and what he wants. I know he will give the Yankees the final say. Um, I've heard reports of that. I've also been able to confirm that. So it – it's going to happen this week, and like I mentioned earlier when we were talking about you know the meetings, if whatever team doesn't get judged here, they're going to pivot fast, and we're going to probably see them as the most aggressive team uh, this winter meetings. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, but uh, we'll, we'll move on to our next question here. Uh, it's from Henry. Uh, yo, do you think the Tigers will trade a reliever at the winter meetings or shortly after? So I, I think it's a possibility. Um, I think the Tigers could do a lot of different things to reconstruct their roster. Um, it's, it's kind of a mess there, um, in my opinion. And it, it almost looked like they were on the right track there in 2021. And then 2022, they just kind of fell off. And it was disappointing to me. Um, so obviously, you know, they have Cisnero. They have Joe Jimenez. Um, you know, they have Gregory Soto. They have a lot of valuable arms in that bullpen that a lot of teams could use. Um, so I think it's a possibility, but I, I would actually feel as though the Tigers might try to buy to help out their team r rather than, you know, gut their bullpen. But of course, you know, at the right price, I'm pretty sure anybody's available on that team. So, um, and I'm sure you would agree with me there, Matt. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think you said it. 
Um, you know, we saw them willing to spend some money. They actually had the highest offer for Correa prior to last offseason when he was a free agent before signing with the Twins. They were aggressive. You know, um, I think if they're willing to move a piece, they're probably the best piece that they're going to get the most for is probably Gregory Soto. Um, but I'm st- it's still up in the air. I haven't heard anything about them, you know, so urgent or eager to move anyone. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to take two more questions here before we move on, but we will have another question segment toward the end of the show. So um, our next question here is uh, Verlander to New York. Um, and obviously he's talking about the Mets there. So I think that that's a big possibility. Um, you know, Steve Cohen's got to have a pretty big pivot plan after losing out on DeGrom because, you know, right right there to the end, they wanted DeGrom back. They wanted their guy back. So obviously they need to go to plan B. And I think plan B has always been Verlander. Um, and I think Verlander is going to get a very similar contract to Max Scherzer from last offseason. So, um, and obviously uh, Verlander and Scherzer, they're familiar with each other from being in the same rotation in Detroit. So, um, good match there, uh, and I, I would probably put a, an 85% likelihood on, on Verlander going to the Mets. Yeah, I completely agree. He's either a Met or a Dodger. Comes down to two teams, in my opinion. I think the Mets are going to be the heavy favorites there, and after losing DeGrom, they have the money to spend. Uh, if I think if I'm Steve Cohen, I'm going to try and give him that two years, a little bit higher of AAV with an option for a third year. Uh, some team may be willing to give him the guaranteed three. Um, but I think at the end, he's going to get a deal like Max Scherzer, a uh, two- or three-year deal. And it's going to be, in my guess, it could be one of those midnight bombs from just passing tonight. And if not tonight, it's going to be early in these winter meetings. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree with that. But uh, last question before we move on to our next segment. Um, it, it's from Jared Solomon. Um, it says, is Trey Turner to the Padres a real thing? So. Obviously, we know, uh, according to Dennis Lynn of The Athletic, who writes for the Padres, uh, they've met twice, uh, whether it was Turner or Turner's camp and the Padres, they have met twice. Um, I think there's some real interest there uh, from the Padres standpoint, but um, I think Trey Turner is kind of just doing the free agent thing. You know, he's meeting with teams, hearing what they have to say. Um, Obviously, we know he has a lot of East Coast bias, so I I think he wants to go back to the East Coast. Um, I, I can't really see him going to San Diego. And in, in my opinion, San Diego does not have a need for a shortstop. I mean, obviously, you can put Trey Turner at second and, you know, move Cronenworth to first and, you know, Kim at shortstop, or you can move Kim to second base, uh, Turner to shortstop, whatever. You could make it work and have Tatis play in the outfield. Um, but to me, that just doesn't make much sense. And obviously, you know, you're going to have Juan Soto coming off the books, you know, pretty soon in a couple of years and they're going to want to resign him. So why are they going to tie up capital in, in, a, in a position that they don't really need if they have guys that they're going to need to extend eventually? So I just, I don't really see any smoke to that. Uh, but I, you know, I could be wrong, but if we're talking about Trey Turner real quick, I think Turner's a lock to go to the Phillies. That's, that's my opinion. That's what we've heard. Um, and I, you know, he's got a lot of connections there. So I wouldn't put all that much stock in him going to the Padres, although, you know, it is very interesting. Yeah, I think if the Padres were to sign a shortstop here, I think one's going to fall in their lap. We've heard rumors of them possibly trading Tatis. That's probably not going to happen. I can almost guarantee that it's not going to happen. Um, I haven't been able to confirm, but that's just my opinion. And, you know, if they were to add a shortstop, I know I mentioned it, they would move, shuffle around Tatis probably to DH, play left field. And, um, as for Trey Turner, I think, you know, you said it again, he's going to be on the East Coast. He's best fit with the Phillies, future team or former teammates with Bryce Harper. And it's a team It's a team that's willing to spend money, and he just slots in so perfectly. We saw what they were able to do all postseason long. And if they add another catalyst at the top of the lineup, um, that, would be, that would be exciting. I think if they did that and had a piece of starting pitching, I think you could see them fighting for the – yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so, all right, we're going to move on to our next segment. Guys, if you have questions for later on the show, uh, go ahead and request to speak uh, or put them in the chat, and we'll get to them accordingly. And like I said before, if we can't get to all the questions before the end of the show, you know, it's only so much time in an episode. So we'll get to as many as we can. But moving on to our next segment, we're going to play a little bit of a game here, and it's going to be called Guess the Terms. So what we're going to do is I'm going to name off a free agent, I'm going to have Matt guess the terms of the deal. I'm going to give my terms, and we're kind of going to go down the list here. Uh, We'll probably get to about five or six players, but uh, 
Matt, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start with the big one. We might as well, you know, address the elephant in the room here. What is Aaron Judge going to get? All right. I have Aaron Judge at nine years, $365 million to the New York Yankees. Uh, that's a little bit over $40 million per. They don't give him the 10th year, but they give him nine at a higher AAV. He joins the Bronx again, and that's where I see him falling for that amount of yeah, I mean, I, I could I could see that. I mean, obviously, he's the favorite to go back to the Bronx. But like I said, I, I kind of have a different opinion, and I'm going to explain it here. So I have Judge going to the San Francisco Giants. And like I said before, I think the Giants are being very reckless in the way they're approaching Judge. And I think it might come back to bite them in the future. I think they're going to give him a deal at $44.5 million AAV, which is absolutely insane but i have him going to the giants at eight years 356 million and uh yeah that's they have a lot of financial flexibility but they won't after that so that's my opinion there um moving on to our next player carlos correa matt yes. listen this one's interesting and it's tough because i think whoever misses alan turner is really going to pivot towards correa or bogarts and i think right now if i had to guess I think Correa is the best fit in L.A. Uh, for an eight-year, $35 million per uh, long-term contract to go to the Dodgers and replace Trey. Yeah, uh, good fit there. Obviously, the Dodgers fans are still a little salty about 2017, so um, I don't know if they'll boo him or cheer him when he comes up to bat, but you know that'd be a, a pretty interesting fit. Um, I also have Correa going to, to the L.A. Dodgers. Um, I have him going on a five-year deal. And it's going to be at like 38 million per, so five years, 190 million. Um, I just I don't see him as a guy that's that's willing to sign a, a very long term deal. And you know how Boris is, and and he's still not that old. So um, five years, get a payday, and then after five years, go get another payday. That's that's the way I'm looking at it. So um, our, moving on to our next player, might as well stick with the shortstops while we're on him. We'll go to Trey Turner, Matt. Oh, man, this one's exciting, and I think this one kind of hits home for you. You know, listen, I'm going to go eight years to the Philadelphia Phillies for $240 million. That's an even $30 million per year to play shortstop in Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, that's music to my ears. I'm a big Phillies fan, but uh, I'm going to agree with you, Turner to the Phillies. But I'm going to say it's going to be a six-year deal at like $32 million per, so six years, $192 million. Um I just I can't see Dombrowski signing him to anything higher than six years just because, you know, you have Bryce Harper for another nine years. And I just I don't know. You got to find the happy medium between having aging players and not having aging players, because you got to figure you would have two guys on your team under contract through their age 39 season, making over 30 million dollars a year. That's that's a little scary to me. So I'm going to say six years for Turner to the Phillies. But, you know. I'm not going to complain about that, but Xander Bogarts guess. Oh man, this is fun. I like this game. Listen, I think Xander is going to the Cubs. Um, that's just a team. I'm throwing out a little prediction here with it, but I think he's going to get 30 million a year for five years. So that's five years, 150 million for Xander Bogarts to the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I, I love that. The Cubs got to make a big splash here, and uh, I think they will. Um, and I think they might bring back Wilson Contreras too, which would be pretty cool. So um, I think they're still going to be pretty uh, pretty competitive, but obviously, and I see we have a Cardinals fan in here, Sam Dalton. Um, I know you probably want Contreras, but I think you guys might be getting another guy in, in uh, Sean Murphy who's being discussed as being traded and, and being close to being traded. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But uh, all right, moving on. We're going to do two more of these, Matt. Dansby Swanson, that'll wrap up the rest of the shortstops. Guess the this one's tricky, and, you know, I don't think enough teams, not even the teams, more so the fans, are giving Dansby Swanson enough love. I know that he might have had an outlier season, but I think he's only going to get better. I think he's in his prime currently, you know, along with other uh, the other shortstop names that we mentioned. Um, but I have him going back to the Braves at a six-year, $24 million per deal, around $145 million. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Um but I also think that the Braves are completely content with playing Vaughn Grissom at shortstop. I mean, obviously, he's been working out with Ron Washington. I, I think it was uh, out in Alabama. So 
I think they're kind of comfortable with that going forward. And Alex Anthopoulos, as we've seen, has no, you know, attachment to his players. He let Freddie Freeman go, no problem, whatever. So I can't see him doing anything different with Swanson. Um, I have Swanson on a seven-year deal at $25 million per. So that would be $175 million. And I have him going over to the Minnesota Twins. So Twins are going to lose out on Correa, in my opinion. So they're going to go get the cheaper option in Dansby Swanson. And Swanson is nothing to scoff at by any means. So I really like that, especially the Twins. I think that's a good team. A lot of teams aren't talking about. You know, they're always in the news for these four shortstops. But as far as actually landing one, I don't think they're getting enough love there. And listen, I don't think Dansby Swanson is getting enough love. I said it just a second ago. As far as the free agents left on the board, and there's a ton of them, Dansby Swanson is second in war for everyone remaining. The only one that had a better season per war is Aaron Judge. So that just goes to show you the season Swanson had last year and what he's capable of going. Yeah, no, you make you make a great you definitely make a great point there. So uh, I'm going to go with the last guy here, um, kind of following you know the uh, the narrative of overpay. And I think this guy's going to get overpaid, but that would be Carlos Rodon's. Oh, I think this is another one that he's going to get overpaid and not necessarily overpaid in money. I think he's going to get overpaid in years. You know, he's going into his age 30 season. Some teams are saying five years. I think there's a team that's going to give him that extra sixth or possibly seventh. I doubt he gets the seventh. He's going to get around $27 million per. I would like for the Yankees to sign Rudon. I don't think it's likely, though. Uh, I think he's probably a Dodger if they miss out on Verlander. Um, but I think Verlander and Rodon amongst the two, whoever doesn't get the other is going to get, like, for instance, if Verlander goes to the Mets, Rodon's going to the Dodgers and vice so I am going to stick with my narrative of the Yankees losing out on Judge. Uh, for those of us just joining us, I have Judge going to the Giants. Um, so I think the Yankees are going to spend big after that. They're going to reinvest whatever money they were going to use to, you know, maybe sure up a couple positions instead of just one in Judge. So I think Carlos Rodon is going to be one of those pieces. And I have him going to the Yankees on a six-year deal. And at thirty million per, so six years, one hundred eighty million, and I think that would be a fantastic fit for them. Um, and I don't think enough people are talking about the fit between the Yankees and Carlos Rodon. I mean, it, it would be a match made in heaven. I hate the Yankees, and I would hate to see it happen because I want Carlos Rodon in the Phillies, but that's just not really realistic. So, um, that can I add something to that? Absolutely. Listen, as a Yankees fan, as a diehard Aaron Judge fan. I've been torn this whole winter meetings, this whole off season, and it's almost more intriguing if the Yankees don't sign Aaron Judge as far as the players they can add, free agency, trade. And I think Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman are going to be forced to be more aggressive than if they just bring back Aaron Judge. If they just bring back Aaron Judge, you can see them add a starting pitcher, maybe another bat, but they're going to they're gonna be you know settling for the team that they have. If they don't add Aaron Judge, like you said, I think you can see them as one of the most aggressive this winter meetings. I want them to do anything they can for Aaron Judge, but as a fan, I don't want to restrain them for the future years. You just cannot offer him a 10th year. If someone else does, you have to let him go, and that is super, super painful for me to even think about, um, but that's, that's where I'm at with that. I don't know. If Aaron Judge signs for nine years, $40 million a year, I'm in love. Can't give him the 10th year. So, honestly, if I'm a GM, I wouldn't give Judge past six years. I mean, we've seen his injury history. I mean, obviously, he had a great year this year. Last year, he was a little bit banged up, but he played most of the season. But beyond that, I mean, he hadn't played a full season, really. So, how I understand breaking the home run record this year, whatever. I mean, he he had a career year. I don't think he's ever going to have a year that even measures up to this one. I just don't know how, if you're a GM, you can justify play, paying a guy that has had injury concerns in the past and, and signing him to a nine or 10 year contract. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So I definitely could not do that. That, that, that just doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, I agree. And listen, no matter what free agent you're going to sign this offseason, if you sign them to a long-term deal, you're not going to pay them uh, for all, all 10 years. You're not expecting them to live out those contracts. In the Aaron Judge's case, if he signs for nine or 10 years, you're probably going to get the best of him within those first five or six years, and that's what you're paying for. Um, but I agree. I, I think someone may offer him a 10th year, and it probably is not going to be the answer. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's probably going to get an eight, nine, or 10-year deal, but six years is where I would be if I was a GM. So, um, guys, if you have questions, this is going to be our final question segment before we get to our hot take segment. So um, we do have a, a request to speak right now for New York Baseball Podcast, and we'll get to you in just a second. But if you have a question, please get them into the chat now. If you want to come on the show and speak to us directly, get your request in now. We'll get to you accordingly. But we'll start with New York Baseball Podcast. You are Hey, how's it going, guys? Not too bad. Uh, just curious. So I don't know if you've been following on Twitter tonight, but there's been some buzz around Berlander and some unusual accounts that usually don't break things and been saying some stuff. And I was just wondering if either of you guys have any insight on the whole Berlander situation. So are, are you alluding to that Carlos Baerga guy or whatever? That, that, and also there was a YouTuber that has about 77,000 subscribers that tweeted something as well related to Berlander. So I was okay, just wondering. So- that's that's definitely interesting because I did see the Carlos Baerga thing and uh Carlos Baerga's pretty he's he's pretty spot on with a lot of what he says. Yeah. Um so I think there could be some smoke to that. I think Verlander's a lock to go to the Mets. I mean, I I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I said 85% before, but I think it's closer to like 90 something percent. Um yeah. Scherzer knows him well. I explained that earlier, so I just I think it's a perfect match there. So I, I mean it it could be real, but I just I can't sit here and tell you yeah it's real because I don't have the confirmation on that. But you know I, I if you if you're asking if I think Verlander is going to be okay, well yeah I was just wondering because I know sometimes you guys tweet out about sources, so I was wondering if you had any con- confirmation about that, but it doesn't seem like you do. Yeah, but, no, definitely um, we we don't have anything on Verlander yet. I mean we're, we're definitely going to okay. do some digging, but uh but yeah, got it. And I just wanted to also add like. I a lot of Mets fans really don't want Verlander because of the age. I personally would love having Verlander on the team just because he won a Cy Young at age 39. I don't think it's going to be that much of a drop off from from 39 to 40. If if you think that Verlander is going to suddenly become horrible because he turned one year older, I think you're crazy. So I, I would love having Verlander on the Mets. I mean, Verlander and Scherzer would be a really good one-two punch, obviously. But it definitely hurt losing to Grom. But I'm focused on bringing back Nimmo as of right now. That that is the uh, key player in my opinion out of, out of all of them Nimmo is so important to the Mets everyday player leadoff hitter uh, high on base percentage center fielder that's really important to me yeah so. no Nimmo Nimmo is very important and as far as what you're saying about you know Verlander being too old whatever you know the same people who are saying that are the same people that were advocates for DeGrom coming back and I mean mm. would you rather have Verlander who had a full healthy season won the Cy Young you know coming off Tommy John surgery so he's been well rested or would you rather have DeGrom who is kind of a crapshoot when it, it comes to starts I mean you could get 12 starts out of him or you could get 30 starts out of him yeah I mean honestly like I'd still rather have DeGrom just because like and I think this is more of an emotional emotional attachment to Jake just because like he he's like he and he was just a mad favorite i think i'd rather have him just because you know he's just he's Degrom. but i think realistically if you're looking at the stats and looking at the injury history i think it wouldn't make more sense to have verlander on a shorter term deal because this contract with the rangers well first of all i i honestly don't think the grom prioritizes winning obviously if he's signing with the texas rangers for five or six years i know the rangers are on the up and up and i know they have a lot of solid pieces but they're they're in a division. Let's be real. They're in a division where there's two or three teams clearly better than them. I mean, the Astros just won the World Series. The Mariners are better than the than the Rangers, and the Angels are debatably better than them as well. So I think the Grom going to the Rangers obviously is a sign that he does not care about winning. He just wanted to go to a team away from New York City. Maybe he didn't like playing in New York, and also he took the more years and took the more money. And the taxes in Texas are a lot better for for contracts than they are in New York. Uh, that's just a fact. So you know, listen, you you could tell that you're speaking from the heart about Jacob Degrom. Totally understand that. And listen, as for Verlander, there's a reason why I said I think he's the first domino to fall. I will say about Justin Verlander, he does have significant loyalty to the owner, Astros owner Jim Crane. He's going to at least give him the opportunity to match their Mets offer. Um, and if he does match, he's going to the Astros. However, I think it's very unlikely that the Astros and Jim Crane will match that. And at the end of the day, I think Met, the Mets will sign Justin Verlander. So, if not, 
tonight by by tomorrow. I I, I honestly I think the Astros are out. Like in my opinion, I th- I I don't even think that they're I, because it was reported what yesterday that they're that the two sides haven't talked in a while. So yeah, but I I just I I can't see it. He's at least gonna open the door to Jim Crane, even though it's probably not. Likely. Yeah. I think that's, that's pretty obvious, too. They just want to roll series together. So I think he'll definitely go back to Jim Crane and at least give him the opportunity to match. But the Astros didn't become an organization that they are right now by just giving away contracts like that when players ask them to match. I, I agree with you that I don't think they're really going to match that offer. Um, I would Look, I would love having Verlander in the Mets. That's, that's obviously – I don't know who wouldn't. Um, but I, I honestly prefer they focus on Nemo first. But if this Verlander thing continues throughout the night, then trust me, I would love having him on the team. But I appreciate it, guys. Uh, good work. and uh, Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Well, that was a New York baseball podcast. Great insight there. Um, like I said, if, if you guys want to come on the show, you know, request to speak. We're, uh, we're coming down to our time constraints. So uh, we'll go into the chat here. We have a couple more questions. Um, and it's the Michael Bianco. Do you think the Giants will go nine years? And Sports Update also asked, do you think the Giants will go 10 years? And, you know, that kind of goes back to what we were saying before. They probably will to get it done. Um, and will it be a stupid move? Yeah, in my opinion. But, yeah, they, they probably will just to get it done and, and, you know, get them out of the Yankees' hands. So, and I'm, I'm sure you agree with me there. Yeah, Matt. if they offer that 10th year, I've been saying it. I've been thinking about it. If they offer that 10th year and Judge takes it, the Yankees aren't going to counter with anything bigger than that or even match a 10th year. So that, that would be the end of the stakes there. Um, but look, I know we're probably going to be winding into our hot takes here soon. And a lot of people have had questions or been requesting. Um, maybe we get our hot takes out of the way and then get maybe one or two people to give out a hot take of their own. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, so before we do that, I, we have two more questions that I want to get to. So these are the last two questions we're going to answer. Um, Jason Sullivan, uh, looks like he's a Marlins fan. So you are actually the first Marlins fan that we've ever had in our show. So um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but you know, I, I hope things start to look up for you, buddy. I really do. But uh, as the Marlins have the rotation to make a run, what's the word on getting legitimate bats? So that's a very valid question. Um I think Pablo Lopez is probably going to be a trade chip dangled out there, and and he has been dangled out there. The Yankees have interest; they they had interest back at the deadline. So, um, and I think Lopez is going to be their gateway to getting a legitimate bat. So, whether they dangle him to the Yankees for like a Glaber Torres, or they dangle him to, uh, there's so many teams out there that could use pitching. I mean, let let's let's be real here. So, I can't even really think of another team off the top of my head that they could dangle Lopez to besides the Yankees. I mean, the Rangers, you yeah, could. The Dodgers, but the, Rangers... the Dodgers also have had interest in Pablo Lopez. Um, you know, they're looking to always add pitching. Any team is looking to add pitching, especially with some of these teams are paying on the market for starting pitching. If if you have someone like Pablo Lopez come onto the trade table, everyone's interested. Um, but that's for the Marlins adding bats. You know, I think they could add someone versatile like a Brandon Drury. You know, he had a very good year over there in San Diego. He, he can in Cincinnati. He can do some things for for a guy like the Marlins. And one name that I've heard linked to the Miami Marlins is not a hitter; it's a relief pitcher, Aldous Chapman. Yeah, yeah, I've also heard the same thing on that. So, uh, I hope that answers your question. Um, I, I think they will get at least one serviceable bat in that lineup, whether that's via trade or free agency, but. Um, you know, in my opinion, just to be brutally honest with you, I just I, I don't think the Marlins have much urgency to compete. And and we've seen it year after year. And now they have the Cy Young guy, you know, Sandy Alcantara, who, who, in my opinion, is arguably a top three pitcher in all of baseball. They need to get a team built around him because it's it's just going to become a case of wasting his career, kind of like what's happened with Otani and, and Trout in, in Anaheim. And it's, you know, they, it doesn't seem like they have the financial flexibility to do anything or, or anything like that. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do for sure. But moving on to David Garcia, this, again, guys, this is going to be our last question we're going to take before hot takes. Um, it says, I know the Diamondbacks aren't the most popular team in the league, but do you guys have any news regarding the Diamondbacks? I know they were interested in Bogarts, but not sure if that's real or not. Thank you. So great question there. Love that question. Um, the Diamondbacks are a good team. I mean, you know, they absolutely stomped on my Phillies a couple times toward the end of the season. I mean, I think they scored 19 runs off of us that one game. Something crazy. 
But, uh, you know, they, they have a good lineup. I mean, their pitching is decent. Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen, they're a, a really good one-two punch, you know, one of the better one-two punches in all the league. Um, Bumgarner's contract is kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, shitty. So, you know, that's three, four, five in the rotation. It's not great. Um, as far as the Bogarts situation goes, I don't think that that's going to get done. Um, I do think the interest there was legitimate, but um, I just, I don't think they're going to pay what it's going to com- demand for him. Um, I I do think that they're going to be trying to trade some of their lefty outfield bats. So whether that's Varsho or um, Alec Thomas, somebody like that, I think they might trade one of those guys to get another starting pitcher. Um, middle infield, they could use some help at, obviously, why they would be interested in Bogarts. So um, great question there. Again, to to the Marlins guy, you, you know, you were our first Marlins guy, and, and now, David, you're our first D-backs guy. So, you know, love the diversity here. Yeah, I, I love it. Let's get some more questions or get somebody else in here. Um, while we wait, I just want to kind of answer his question about the Diamondbacks, I think, and their interest in that starting, uh, that shortstop market is, is real. Uh, I know you mentioned it. They're, they're going to look to do something. They were they were aggressive down the stretch. Um, and I'm interested to see which, which direction they pivot. You know, they do have a lot of outfielders that they've been talking about dangling one, um, maybe for another area that the team needs. But um, definitely interested to see what they have going on. Yeah, for sure. But uh, all right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get to our hot takes here. So um, if you guys have a hot take that you want to share, you know, you can come on the show and speak to us directly. You know, all you got to do is request to speak. Or you can send it in the chat. So uh, while we're throwing our hot takes out there, go ahead and throw your hot takes out there. Let us know what you think is going to happen in the winter meetings, the rest of the offseason, or even next regular season. I mean, whatever you got, whatever you want to say, you know, it's a hot take for a reason. I don't care how crazy or irrelevant it is. We'll read it. So, Matt, I'm going to start with you. Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot right here. All right, so here's my hot take. Um, It's going to be Yankee-related, of course. Of course it is back to the New York Yankees. That is not my hot take, however. Um, along with Aaron Judge, though, I think they have to make a splash. Um, you know, Judge, one of his big things and one of the, the things he's been asking teams to do is sign me early so you can build around me, build around me. I don't know if the Giants are willing to do that. And without Judge, they got a lot of work to do. But for the Yankees, they re-signed Judge. They also re-signed Rodon and possibly, possibly look to trade for Brian Reynolds. That's a lot. That's a hot take, but it's a win-now mentality. It's make a splash now, add your franchise player, and see what happens. So you should honestly be the GM of the Yankees because I think that's what they they should do because, honestly, if they did those three things, they would easily cement themselves as the number one in that division because, honestly, I don't even think it's – it's kind of up in the air for me right now. I mean, especially with Judge kind of being on the outs right now and not re-signing there yet. So – that that's kind of what they got to do, but will they do it? Probably not. They're they're acting like a poverty franchise, and I I just I don't get it. Um, as far as my hot take goes, I'm going to keep it winter meetings related. Um, I'm going to say that we are going to see about five contracts north of 200 million dollars this in this winter meetings. Um, and that's that could be you know the four shortstops and and somebody else judge whatever. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say we're gonna see five contracts north of 200 million dollars in these. I like that. And just to kind of add to your hot take, how many blockbusters trades do you see? If I had to guess of names, you obviously know Sean Murphy's gonna be on the move. I'm gonna say two or three blockbuster trades along with some of these free agent shinings. So yeah, I have I have an inkling of a feeling that we're gonna see some kind of trade that nobody saw coming, like one that just comes out of left field, like one of those things where you ask yourself, Oh my god, I didn't even know he was available. So I think we're gonna see at least one of those kind of shock value trades, but I don't know. I feel like a lot of the focus in these winter meetings is going to be free agent related. So, all right, New York Baseball Podcast is requesting to speak. You know, you were great before, man. We'll have you back on. So, uh, go ahead. <laughs> well, it's been a long time, hasn't it? Uh, <laughs> oh, hell, hell yeah, man. <laughs> okay, so you want hot takes, right? Hell yeah. All right, so I'm not sure how hot this take really is, but I'm going to say that Aaron Judge signs a nine-year deal worth north of $350 million for the San Francisco Giants. That's that's what I think is going to happen. I think he's going to look at what happened with DeGrom, and I think he's going to say, okay, 
I'm not going to be the only person leaving my hometown team. I think it's going to stop with the Giants. That's my hot take. Yeah, so I, you pretty much have the exact take that I have um, that when we discussed like where free agents were going and how much they were going to sign for. I had Judge going to the Giants on an eight-year deal, but at like $44.5 million a year. So <laughs> I think that the Giants are going to be absolutely freaking reckless in how they approach these sweepstakes. Yeah. They seem desperate like the Rangers are at this point. So Yeah, and you guys yeah. Just, just really rude. Yeah, so, well, thank you again for the hot take, man, and thank you for pissing Matt off because Matt's a Yankee oh, fan, and that really <laughs> upsets him. I know I love it. Thank you. All right, guys, so uh, anybody else, if, if you have – oh, wait, we have a hot take in the chat from Jason Sullivan, our uh, resident Marlins fan. So uh, he says Xander Bogarts, the Miami Marlins, and, man, I love that. I, I really love that. I mean, even as a Phillies fan and not wanting to see the Marlins get better, I think that's a really cool fit. Um, will it happen? No, definitely not. But that's why it's a hot take, my man. That's that, that's a good one. What- you know, I would love for that to happen. Here's why I think that's a significant hot take and probably won't happen is there is a reason why Jeter left that organization. He didn't feel that, you know, amongst the ownership group, there was that passion to win or spend money. You know, they, they built a significant farm system. They have a structure there. Their pitching rotation is ready to win now. They need to add a couple pieces. And, you know, Jeter didn't see that they were willing to. I know a guy that he was linked to a lot is a guy like Jose Abreu, and, you know, he's pushed for him. He's pushed for other free agents in the past. Um, I think maybe the, maybe the Marlins answer back and say, you know what, Jeter, we are willing to spend. I just kind of see that unlikely to happen. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys, last window. I have one more hot take in the chat, but if you want to put a hot take in the chat or request to speak, do so now. Um, Sam Dalton, Cardinals fan, uh, Murphy to the cards and they signed Dansby Swanson. So I don't even think that's too hot of a take. Um, it's, it's, it's a little warm. Um, but I, I think Murphy to the cards is, is probably a pretty big possibility. They need to replace Yachty there. I mean, we know that. Um, so I, I could see that. And then Dansby Swanson, I could see that too. I mean, you know, I think the Paul DeYoung experiment is kind of over. Um, he's kind of fallen off like a lot. So, um, I think Swanson would be the more affordable option from the four shortstops, and I, I think they could do it. I really do. So I like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's realistic. And listen, if they even add Sean Murphy, man, that team is going to be fun to watch. And then alongside Dansby Swanson filling in at short, that out, that defense, that infield is already the one that both the, – sorry. That infield is already one of the best defensive infields in all of baseball. And to add to that, man, that would be fun. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I just I want to go ahead and thank everybody who's been in here. I mean, seriously, you know, we we really appreciate it. We appreciate the support, you know, through this whole thing. Um, we're going to continue to pump out information as we as we know it, as we hear it. Um, you can see that on Twitter, obviously. And uh, we'll be doing this every Sunday at 830 p.m. Eastern. So if you guys want to talk baseball with us every Sunday, we'll be in here. Come in, you know, give us your thoughts, your opinions, whatever. And uh, like I said, we really do appreciate it. But uh, Matt, I think that about wraps it up for us tonight. Um, I am going to go and pray that Trey Turner is a Philly by tomorrow morning. Yeah, that that wraps it up. It was exciting to get back on the podcast and do this for the rest of the season and going forward every Sunday night. It's been an honor to, um, you know, have you guys on and join us and be a part of what we're doing here at the Marathon. And I think uh, we're in for good things. So good luck to your favorite team these winter meetings. And I hope that Aaron judges the Yankee. I have yeah, and the birds are eleven and one. Go birds.